Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Pip Meekham from Project Box. Now, I've been looking forward to this session because Pip is a true lover of systems and processes, and I think that puts us in the minority, not necessarily the majority. So, very much looking forward to the session. I've been on the lookout for building up a, a team of what I call systemologists, people who help other business owners systemize their business, and Pip was one of those early ones that I came across, shared with her our process of systemology, and it just fit really well with her approach as well. So I've been keeping in touch. She's based up on the Gold Coast, and just watching her go from strength to strength has been quite inspiring as she's building up her profile. She's getting different speaking engagements, speaking to business groups at expos, doing interviews, and a whole bunch more. So it's with great pleasure that I get to introduce Pip to the summit. Thank you, Pip. You're welcome. So glad to be here. Uh, yes, we've got uh, a lot to share too. I know in this session, you're going to really dive into your process for delivering a, a perfect client onboarding and offboarding experience. So there's yes. a lot to cover and maybe just as a way to start, I'd love it if we could introduce or get you to talk about, I suppose, some of the problems and challenges business owners have around that onboarding and offboarding of clients and then we can move through step by step how you handle the process. Yeah, definitely. So what I find when going into a lot of businesses and doing these systemizing of their business is most people don't have proper onboarding and offboarding. So they are winging it every single time. Every single customer is getting a different experience and they actually have no idea at any given point on where that customer is at in terms of coming on board as a client. So they're all, you know, they're very overwhelmed and their heads are very scattered on what needs to be done, making sure that they're dotting their I's and crossing their T's and it's just nothing to help them manage that. So in terms of the onboarding, it's really helped to streamline and give clarity as well so they know what's happening and that everything is there as it's supposed to be too. And then this, again, the same with offboarding is, you know, making sure that they're ending the relationship with the client in a way that's going to want to keep them coming back in the future. You're the last thing that they remember when they finish their time with you. So it's important to have those processes and the procedures around that as well and to keep in touch too. I see it's a huge one because oftentimes a lot of business owners, they're either very good on the tools doing the particular yeah. task or maybe they're strong in sales and that initial client engagement and communication and getting the client to buy. But as the business starts to grow and if they're on the tools lots or maybe if they've shifted out and started focusing more heavily on sales, it's almost like they start to self-sabotage if they're not confident that they're going to be able to de deliver a great experience for the customer. So by developing out your onboarding and your offboarding process, it gives your sales team the confidence to know, out, know that they can go out and sell really hard, get new business into the business, feeling really comfortable that you're still going to be able to handle everything, you've got capacity, and you can give a great experience to the client. 
Exactly. You know, and I guess when that salesperson hands over to the next person within the team, it's making sure that they are keeping up the same level of service that the salesperson provided at the very start so that that is consistent across the board as well. And then the client always knows what's going on too. You know, the expectations are set at that point in time and they're not wondering what's happening and when too. Yeah. So this particular system would apply very well Although it could be for both product and service, I think if we really focus in on, let's say, professional services, this makes yeah. really good sense. So how do you kick things off in designing one of these onboarding processes? Yeah, so it's really um, the way I kick things off when I'm talking to a client is we sit down and map out sort of what's happening right now and then where their holes are as well. So what they would like to be happening and what should be happening and then start to plug those and identify all the different little steps and then try and bunch them into different tasks as well and work out who can be doing what because it doesn't all necessarily need to be done by the one person either. Yeah. Um, but I find that that is the clearest place to start for people is just to get something kind of mapped out in front, thinking about it and thinking about what goes on can be very hard for people to visualise. So I find if we get out the old-fashioned pen and paper and start to just, you know, note things down, all of a sudden you can see like it's like a light bulb going off. And you're like, we actually do have a process. We just have never gone down the path of properly identifying it and then putting into place, you know, some structure around it as well. Yeah. So step one being what are you currently doing now? And let's get that out onto a bit of paper. Yeah. Does that step one as simple as that? Simple as that. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I often find for this step as well, starting off with if you've got team members involved in the process as well, or depending on the size of the team, find the team members who are uh, best at delivering that result at the, the moment. Because oftentimes, just getting everybody to consistently deliver what the best team member is doing is a huge. Yeah win because everybody's doing their thing their own different way oftentimes and that consistency if the baseline you don't even necessarily need to re-engineer and make this process world-class and completely automated first time round just to the best of what's in the business and do it consistently exactly you know and even if it's for I work with a lot of business owners who might only just be the business owner in a very small team or a business owner in a VA as well. So a lot of design agencies and that kind of thing. And for them, it's just just identifying that they even have a process. That is huge. Perfect. And then, okay, so then we capture that down and are we talking just, you know, boxes and arrows and steps? Yeah, or even simpler than that just a list yeah. of all the different steps I find um, boxes and arrows can get very confusing for people who aren't used to drawing like that so if it's something you're trying to do on your own a list is fine perfect yeah all right step number two and what happens <laughs> what happens next is to have a think about you know the different stages so you have all of these different tasks but they'll all be attached to a certain parts so whether it's financial whether it's building out you know, things into a project management system, whether it's sending out onboarding questionnaires, they all form parts of, I guess you could call them different tasks or different departments within the onboarding yes. part as well because each one of those will have like five to ten steps underneath it as well. So it's trying to bunch things together just so that it becomes really easy to identify who needs to do what as well and makes it easier to build out. 
Yeah. So it's thinking in this next little bit around in terms of department or roles based on an individual of oh, these collection of the steps identified in step number one would belong with Sally in accounts. And yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Just so you know, for example, with my onboarding procedure, I have a financial one and underneath that has everything to do with the invoicing and receipting yes. and scheduling invoices and all of that kind of thing. So it's just keeping it really clear and simple so that you don't look at it as this massive long list instead of it's you know, quite high level sort of task things and then everything broken down underneath yeah. that. Perfect. And how do you do that on the sheet? Are we do you writing names or departments next to them or you're kind of grouping things together on that list? I use a highlighter. I have a different, I just match things up with different colored highlighters. That's me personally. It's how my brain works. I can match things very well like that. I know some people, um, when we do it, they prefer numbers. We might go through a number. Everything financial is a number one. Everything for the project management software is a number two. You know, like that. So whereas I'll do everything financial is green because green to me means money. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I'm a visual person. So for that, that works really well. Other times it might be simply that we just get, you know, six or seven different bits of paper and just kind of re-jot them and do it that way instead and kind of rewrite things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. From and the initial brainstorm. Yes. <laughs> literally a storm of things on a bit of paper to putting some more structure behind it. Perfect. And then that yeah. kind of leads us to the third step. Yes, it does. <laughs> so the third step from there is depending on the actual client themselves, if they're working from project management tools, we'll actually start to build this out within their project management system because it's a lot easier. I find it's a lot easier to build out something first and then of what has to be done and then go and write the how behind it later. Yes. Especially if a business is using project management and I know a lot of service-based businesses do in some form or another, it's easier to write the how when you can see how things are physically playing out. Yeah. One thing I find as well, depending on the size of the team as well, if you've got a very small team and maybe they haven't exactly got everything figured out and they want to move things around, starting in project management first can work really well because, you know, you can drag things around and, oh, that's yeah. slightly out of order and, hey, we've missed this step. And it's almost yeah. like you give a chance for the system to like solidify and prove itself. And often yeah. well, you've, you've got a small team, that team knows how to do everything because, you know, it's small and you're kind of, it's only one or two people anyway. So yeah. you don't need a very lengthy how-to document for someone if they're doing it every single day. You start off with more of a checklist-based thing, get it right, then do the how-to, then it becomes time to delegate. Yes, exactly. And I find having that what before the how makes it a lot easier to actually implement and get it up and running within a business as well. It's sort of that little quick win to feel like you're making making progress and then working out who's responsible for what and then going down the documentation path. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Right, so that's step number three, 
then transfer everything off your document into your project management platform. Um, yes. When you do that, are you just doing it all in one particular project? So the way I've got it set up is the way that the one I use works is that there is a folder and then a folder has different lists. So the list might be things like an onboarding, project details, weekly KPIs, meetings. So the different stages, I guess, the client would go through during the journey with you. And then the, under the onboarding list, there is a bunch of tasks that are attached to onboarding. And then yes. stay with me if I, before I get too confusing. Each task would then have its own checklist of things. So, for example, the first one on mine is the contract. So, have I got a signed contract back? Have we uploaded it into the client's file on Google Drive? And then we put a link into the project management directly to that contract or that signed proposal as well. Yeah. So, it kind of just flows across. It's almost like that first document that you've done is the high level. Uh, yes. sort of here's how it's all working from the top down. But then when you start to assign out tasks, you want to make sure that there is a clear outcome and it's delivered to a certain standard. So you might almost have milestones effectively yeah. in the delivery of that particular step in in the overall process. Yeah. Uh, and then which that's another way we find as well. It's key, particularly once team members get trained up and, and work with a company and a process over a long period of time, they learn that process inside and out. They know yeah. how to do it. Sometimes it's as much as everybody would love for a team member to open up the step-by-step how-to document every single time and have it right next to them and going through it. It's just not realistic necessarily yeah. that it always happens that way. And I think the way that you're talking about doing it with those sub-steps makes it sure that even if they haven't opened the how-to document, that they're still getting the main steps that you want effectively sign off on, which then delivers the great result. And it, it creates, using project management tools as well, it creates that auditing step as well. So when someone ticks something off, you can see exactly who did it too. So there's a bit of an audit trail going on. But I definitely find, you know, even for myself personally, I don't need the how-to. There are hyperlinks on everything saying to, you know, watch a video on how to do this, click here. But I need those little checklists to ensure that I'm doing all the different little steps that I need to do in my own business. So I actively use them all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, the best way to structure it and create, like you said, that accountability. Because then effectively when someone's ticking something off, whether they've opened the document or not, if you make it as part of the culture of the business that you've effectively implied that you've followed the process. So you haven't followed the process, then okay, now you need to, next time you need to have it open because you haven't yet (laughs) got it down and mastered. I don't mind if you don't have it open, but if you don't have it open, you're telling me that you you know the process inside and out. So it becomes a great way from a, a management perspective to be able to get people back on on track to say, yeah. hey, we outline what we do. By you checking this off, you're saying that you have followed those steps. If you haven't, yeah. well, that means next time you need to have the process open. Exactly. You know, and to tick a box takes but like two seconds. It's not a long time consuming thing to do, but what it's doing is ensuring that there's that consistency, that things aren't being forgotten. You know, I have Personally, I've forgotten to turn on an email campaign, like an email automation. So people were signing up for things, but I forgot to push the button. So, you know, I, so I said I follow my own procedures as well, my own checklist, but it does. It just 
gives you something to refer back to, especially if people are extremely busy. You know, we know what we're doing, but it's very, very easy to forget the big things. And when it comes to onboarding and offboarding, it's such a critical time in a client's journey as well that to have those there, it just helps solidify everything. Yeah. So if we say that step three is then getting it into the project management platform and everybody is probably going to have a different project management platform. So it makes sense that we just verbally talk through it because it's really about just grabbing the concepts, translating it to your own situation. As long as you have outlined what those key steps are, allocated them and grouped them into the relevant roles or, or individual team members or departments, transfer that then into your project management platform, starting off with the high level, just straight from your document and then starting to build out some of these subtasks that can also be delegated. What happens next? Templating it. So actually, once you've got it, it's creating, you know, most project management will let you create a template or at least have one that you can just duplicate and replicate each time so that you're not having to do this from scratch each time. And then as things change, you know, you can redo the template, but it's to create that template to make it easy for you to start to use these documents. And I always say to do that at that stage because it's just something that's forgotten. You know, you just kind of bypass that step. So if you template it then and there, at least it's done and it's ready to use, it's ready to start rolling out. And the templating then makes it very easy for you to start to delegate and assign that responsibility elsewhere because in that previous step, you have basically got all of these subtasks. You're now linking to the how-to documents. That's part of your template. So every time you're duplicating that, and if you assign a task, you've got then the step-by-step how-to on how to do that task. So for yeah. you know that makes it much easier to start assigning off to someone else and having very clear expectations. Yeah, exactly. And it makes it you know one central point of call. You're not having to go from different software trying to find where things are. It's all within the one task. You just open it up and click on the links to view things. That's one big thing I find getting people out of email and into some sort of project management platform. So you've got all team members, project managers, if they want to know where something is up to, even the business owner, as you start to grow and you get team members and you want to step out of the day-to-day operations, you still, if you need to jump into a project or someone needs yeah. to know where to go, you can see where something's up to. Very yeah. clearly things are checked off. You keep yeah, all you of your can... comments. Yes, that's a big one is having the communication about a project attached to a project. So, you know, you might be going through your onboarding system and something might have happened with the client but keeping that there so that everybody else can see it and people who it affects can be tagged in it as well just like any other social media channel you know it's a really good way just to be on top of what's happening without having to you know in and out of different software yes yeah yeah I think uh, definite must I think where I see some challenges and love your take on it when it comes to selecting that project management software, sometimes people will go for a platform that's very heavily tailored for their particular industry. So it's, you know, oftentimes in the trades-based business, I see this a lot where it's more about jobs management and answering a telephone, booking in a call and assigning it out to a tradesperson to go out and do it. Yet it's not flexible enough to then start to handle 
the other components outside of that particular job? Like we're talking about some onboarding of a client and some offboarding, and then that's not to mention all of the other departments, hiring staff (laughs) and finance and management. How do you kind of navigate through that? It's a matter of sort of talking it through like the way I see it, everybody can do a project management tool as well. So, yes. you know, for example, with trades is a perfect example because, like you said, they have job management, which manages that middle bit of the process, but you still need something that's going to do the before and the after and something that's going to help manage the strategic side of the business as well. So helping you to roll out what's happening. And, you know, I use it to the point where every day I go to my inbox and it tells me, what social media posts I need to go and do and what the content is. And, you know, it's such an important core part of a business just to be able to keep everything together and map it out properly and to know what's going on at any given stage and keep everybody in the one place as well. So not having a sales team working through potentially, you know, a new solution without the people in marketing being able to see it. It just, yeah, brings it all. So they do, I do recommend people have both. There isn't an all-in-one solution that will do everything. Or if it is, it's normally so complicated and overwhelming that people don't use it anyway. Yeah, and I find that's the biggest thing with systemization. It's it's really about simplicity. So there's no onboarding, no confusion, and someone just gets it. Because systems, they can have friction. So the aim of the game is removing friction and keeping it simple. So, all right, so we've, we've now got to the step where we've made it into a template. What happens next? Then it's a matter of, one, you start using it in the business, but two, to start working through and creating all the documentation and the how-to guides that yeah. match all of those tasks. Yeah, perfect. So that you can start to link it out. Yeah. I mean, that just starts off with, and it'll depend on the task and things like that, but it, it's oftentimes recording is a great way to start, whether it's a screen recording or an iPhone recording or just yeah. some type of recording of that particular task getting task. done. Do you have any yes. tips or suggestions on how do you capture systems? Uh, with Zoom. <laughs> yes. Yep. So Zoom is free, which is where it is amazing. I just hold a meeting with myself share my screen and hit the record button. That is really the easiest, quickest way to do it. And I'll then talk through what it is that I'm doing while I'm doing it. People think of documenting systems as this, you know, half an hour to an hour long process when really all of those little tasks might only take five or 10 minutes. They're not a big, long thing. And if they're actually going to take longer than that, it should be broken down anyway. That's a different conversation. So yeah, I use Zoom. I don't even edit it. I just do it and deal with it. If I stuff up along the way, which I know a lot of people are worried about as well, I fix it and I talk through what I'm fixing because if I've made the mistake, there's a good chance other people are going to as well. So it's just a Zoom recording and then I will upload that into System Hub and then also into Google Drive yeah. as well and then have the links around that. So it's it's perfect, I think, uh, and that even can be a great start where it's just a collection and a catalogue of the videos, even before the documentation, especially if you're breaking it down into the chunks of, you know, little five and 10 minute tasks or or shorter. If if they're quite short tasks, then the supporting documentation doesn't need to be overly complex. No, not at all. And quite often, you know, the videos work really, really well for people who have never done the task before. 
my next step, I guess, after that is kind of breaking those videos down a little bit for people who might not need to watch the whole video, just need some more high-level reminders of what needs to happen. Yeah. And that's where the magic happens once you've got those documents and then you start to put them in the project management. This happens all the time. I get people to say, how do you make sure that your staff follow the systems and processes when you've got it? If it becomes part of the way that you're assigning work and it's all linked together where you've got very clear how-to documentation at the point at which you're assigning a task and getting it a due date due date set if they've got questions they pop in the comments in that particular task like that's how you create accountability yeah exactly and that's where project management is so good for your systems yes because it does it does just brings everything together it really does (laughs) okay so at this point we've started to build out the how-to documents have you got yeah yeah what are there any other steps in the process Once you've got the how-tos linked to the project management tool itself, I guess there would be the discussion with your team around how to use everything, what the expectations are behind it, why you're doing it, to sort of bring that, you know, cope with the change and make them aware of why and what and what the benefits are and, you know, bring them on board and get them excited about using it as well. Systems are a very boring topic, except for me and you. For some So to get a team on board with it, I believe it's worth having a sit-down discussion around it and not just sort of sneakily rolling it out and expecting people to do it. And then also, you know, encouraging them to give their feedback, which, you know, you might have um, in your in-system hub, it allows people to put those comments. So if, you know, there are changes that need to be made, it's making sure that as part of rolling this out that people's feedback is welcomed because it's not going to be perfect it can always be made better um and it's bringing them on board to be aware of that as well yeah i think getting and then getting oh sorry step before that getting somebody to test it and make sure it actually works perfect <laughs> okay so we've got the how-to <laughs> documents and then yeah i think yeah. you're right the next step would be perfect like some sort of testing do you have some Someone. suggestions on on the best way to to test a system or a process yeah, so I always recommend getting people to do it who don't normally do it. So whether it is, you know, might not either a team member who wouldn't normally do that role within the organisation. I have even told people who are, you know, small net businesses to get a friend to do it or a family member to do it as well to make sure that those how-to documentation side of things is that clear that anybody can come in and do it and really, really put it to the test. I find that um, the removing of that single person dependency gives such a sense of relief to business owners because oftentimes Mm. either they feel like they have to do it or there's particular team members that have all of this IP in their head. Yeah. I think if that person left or if that person got sick, then we would be in trouble. I think we had a really good example of in the digital agency, we've got an accounts lady who's been with us now for eight or nine years and she just yeah. she took some long service leave off. She's been doing, you know, wages and all that sort of thing for so long. And we developed though our systems and our processes. We reassigned it to our CEO. She handled the wages while she was gone. It was just smooth sailing. It Perfect. meant that, you know, Sally could take 
leave and not have to stress that things weren't going to get done and staff weren't going to get paid. Um, And when she came back, she knew that it was done to a standard, you know, just a few checks and measures to make sure she was happy. And things just just go infinitely smoother when you you take out that single person dependency. A hundred percent, yes. (laughs) I've been that person who's had the dependency so I know what it's like from an employee's perspective to go away and the whole time you're on holiday or annual leave or you're constantly worrying about what you're going to come back to because there is nothing there that somebody can step in and take you know take over and that's kind of what got me started on this whole systems journey in the first place so it is incredibly incredibly important I can't stress it enough to people so I think, yeah, we get that testing bit down because that's really the best way to identify issues and obviously issues that come up, you're commenting in System Hub or, or project yeah. management tool to say, hey, this needs to be tweaked or that wasn't clear. And then we get to a point where, okay, well, this can kind of run now. And then yeah. that's the step after that was then introducing it to the broader team and making sure that there's buy-in and helping them to understand what the benefit is to them. Um, We already talked about one of them just there. Another huge one that I see is, and it doesn't apply to everybody, but if you can let them know that creating systems and processes gives them an opportunity to move up, you know, they can start to delegate certain tasks. It creates new opportunities for them as they can become more valuable to the business and move into more sessions. Uh, so there's not everybody is necessarily interested in that, but a lot of it has to do with thinking about what's of interest and important to the individual team member and yeah. making sure that you you show them that systems and processes and documenting what it is that they're doing will get them closer to that outcome. Yes, definitely. And I think as well, a big thing around this and is the not having to think about what needs to happen. It's literally telling you what you need to do each day, really. So it takes out a lot of that confusion and overwhelm, especially if you are under the pump, whether as a business owner or a team member. Yeah, you know. It's just, it's right there in front of you. (laughs) And it's funny because people, I think uh, oftentimes a lot of business owners and founders are these big picture type people. They always jumping from one thing to the next. They're putting out fires. They're getting things off the ground. They're moving on to the next thing. They're not necessarily doing the follow through. They might not like systems because, you know, it's not necessarily the way that they've done things up until this point. And then they project that onto the team member and think, oh, well, no one really likes systems, but I actually find the reverse to be true. Team members love to have clarity on how to do tasks, what the expectation is, how they can excel in their role, having somewhere that they can go to get an answer to a question that for them at the time, they might in their head think, oh, this is silly or I should know the answer to this. And then they think, embarrassed asking whereas if they had a process that they could refer to they can just check in so it's I think the reverse is true that you know team members particularly if you focus on it and make it part of your culture and when you hire a team member you're looking for people with that systems mindset they they love the idea of yeah organization because it's it's more the exception than the rule when it comes to small business yeah and it's still empowering them that they can come in and make the role their own as well because just because i do something a certain way does not mean it's going to be the most efficient way either so somebody else can come in with fresh eyes and still know that it's okay that they can they can still change things just because it's been set like that 
doesn't mean it's stuck like that for the next 50 years. You know, it's like that should be another step in this process. So let's <laughs> add that in. If we say after yeah. buy-in, what's what are your suggestions around sort of the review and improvement of a system or a process? Yeah, so I encourage people to map them out across a year and just consistently work through them so that it's not a once a year task that's very overwhelming that we need to sit down and review all of our systems, but instead it might be, you know, one a week or four a week that you can spread out across a team as well. And then making, you know, going through the feedback that's been accumulated or if it's in saying that, if someone comes across something that is a massive issue, dealing with it then and there and not waiting for that year. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's worth just doing it, then sitting on it as well. Yeah. yeah. I find, um, yeah, once you really get going and you get your base level of systems in place, then that becomes a great way to to drive what systems you're working on based on what's going on in the business and you listen to the yeah. business and where's a problem? Oh, we we have a problem getting payment from clients before we start work and we always find we're chasing payment. Okay, well, tweak your system. Now you yeah. take money up front and you don't start work until you get the money. So, yeah, the, yeah listening to your business and then finding a systems-based solution and using systems as a way then to roll it out as consistent I think that, exactly yeah, the only Look, I find if people are using the systems appropriately and effectively they almost review themselves ongoing anyway because as yeah. soon as somebody comes across a hurdle and again it all comes down to how you're rolling this out within your team but if something comes up it's going to be identified then and there too which yeah. almost you know negates the need for having to schedule things out because it is you know that whole kaizen process so it is a yeah. continuous improvement ongoing but people have got to be using the system for that to be effective. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just that, like you said, Kaizen, that, that's the, the real key to just have it front and centre, teach a yeah. systems-based culture. This is the way that we do things. We're always looking to improve and yeah. just keep tightening things and, and celebrate any time something goes wrong in the business that enables you to improve your system so that it never goes wrong like that again <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, you know, if someone asks a question then think about if there's a way to improve the systems that that question doesn't need to be asked again any kind of roadblocks and stuff but again it's teaching your staff how to identify that and what they can do to change it as well yeah yeah this is yeah perfect so i feel like We've got to that point now where you're kind of looking to, let's say, optimise and continually improve that. Yes. Does that round out the process or have you got any other steps you wanted to add in? It's really, look, the t when it comes to onboarding and offboarding, I find testing is a really big thing and also continuously looking at, and this is the optimising side of it, is continuously looking how you can make it better because your onboarding and offboarding you might have a really bad delivery, something might go horrifically wrong, but your onboarding and offboarding is what the client is going to remember you for as yes. well. So it's just making sure that you have a think about how you can you know, value add to the client and make them feel like they are a part of the business too. One of the biggest things I find, and this probably goes back as you start to either optimize or capturing what you're doing, building into that process communication to the client because that's the biggest... Yeah reason that things go off track it's 
expectations weren't set yeah. up front on how long things were going to take and when you were going to hear from them and what are those milestones. So outlining all that up front goes a real long way to reducing issues, stop the client coming to you, asking yes. a million different questions because they know what to expect, when to expect it. Yeah. And also once you start a project successfully like that, it gives you so much equity, emotional equity with the client where if something does go wrong or doesn't quite go to plan along the process, if you've built up this this investment in them to say, hey, this is you know, oh, I'm trying to think of the right words on how to how to articulate it, but it, but this idea that they've had such a great onboarding experience that then if little things kind of go off track, it doesn't seem so big because all yeah. they remember is the fantastic start, and they're going to remember the fantastic finish and the very clear communication along the way. Exactly. Yeah. So I think and part of and you know using my own onboarding processes as an example, I've got templated emails so every little what if it's an email it has a template that goes with it now I don't automate those because I customize them for every single client as well and especially the offboarding ones to say you know here's what we've done you know this is what we've achieved this is what it's going to allow your business to do that's not something you can template parts of it but it's making sure you know that those emails are going out that the phone's being picked up that you know, I invite clients into my project management tool as well so they can see at any given stage what's going on. You know, I have that transparency with them. Mm. So, yeah, it's really, really setting those expectations and also how they can communicate with you, you know, what you have, where you want them to. We've got so many inboxes these days with Facebook and Instagram and emails and text messages and phones that it's kind of instructing them on how you want to be engaged and worked with as well one thing i I like that you mentioned there because it's a philosophy that we follow as well is a particularly if you're doing high-end professional services there's a real desire and everybody's looking to automate and get robots to do all Mm. the automatic workflows and send out these marketing campaigns and you know have all of the emails pre-written but I kind of like almost like a hybrid I I call it human automation (laughs) this idea that you have a system and a process and you have things like email templates so you've already written your 80% of the way there it makes it much quicker for your team and you've got better consistency and then all they have to do is finalize the last 20% but the client yeah. then gets the full experience as though it was 100% mm-hmm. customized. Yeah. And there's no reason why, you know, something I'm a really big fan of is I use G Suite and I know Outlook does this as well. But as part of a client's offboarding process, we will write six weeks worth of follow-up emails and schedule them. Yeah. So we don't actually have to do it. They just go out automatically. All done. So it is automation in a way, you know, but it's yeah. not using the email marketing stuff that has all the unsubscribe buttons and different things going on. So it does feel like, yeah, it's coming directly from me or a member of the team. Yeah, which is definitely a lot of people crave that. They want that personal attention. It means you're able to charge a premium price because you're delivering a a premium service. Yes. And I always say, you know, I'm all for automation. I get my nickname up here on the Gold Coast is the Automation Queen. But it's got to be within reason and it's got to be something that is not going to alienate you from your clients and it's got to be things that aren't going to make things harder in the long term. 
as and well. It's like uh, you were talking about the reason I like project management platforms instead of necessarily completely automated workflows. Sometimes they make sense, but you don't yeah. want to completely workflow everything. There's something to be said for the human who's going through, checking things off, doing the task, and then m- moving it along. That enables yeah. you to you know, constantly keep an eye on where the project is up to, make sure that nothing yeah. slips through the craps, cracks. I've seen it many times with clients where they'll completely automate a workflow. They'll go away thinking it's handled and then, you know, it takes six weeks before something gets flagged with them and they come back yeah. and like, step number three broke and now we've not thought about it for the last two months and it's it makes yeah. you look bad. It does, yeah. So I love as much like it's much I'm all for automation. Yes. I love my systems and I love yeah. my hands on impact into it as well. Yeah, perfect. All right, well it brings us towards the tail end. I don't know if there are any final things that you want to mention more so about the process and then we can make sure we point people to the right place to find out more about you. Yeah, so I guess it's just really making sure that, you know, when you're going through the initial stages of identifying things, yes, Definitely list down everything you're doing, but have a really big think about the standard of service that you're wanting to provide as well and start to add that into, you know, when you're building out the project management so that you can be, you know, a leader in your field or you can deliver the service that you want to deliver, even if it's not been happening before. Because I find that's a really big one. People can easily map out what's happening, but then they don't sort of go outside of the box and think about all the other little things that can happen as well yeah yeah have a really good brainstorming session or look at what other people are doing or ask for advice on what should be you know in an onboarding process because I know myself I've been adding to mine for the last you know three years just little things keep getting added in because I'm like I want to improve that and I want to make it better and this isn't working and you know so it's just continually looking at not only what you're doing but how you can make it better and if you need a hand with something like that, this is obviously what Pip does. Yeah. Um, gone through the systemology training and, and we like to point people in her direction. If you need a hand, uh, getting it up and running, getting that first sort of system down and getting your project management set up, uh, best yeah. place to find her, projectbox.com.au. Is that- That's it. That's yep. probably the easiest place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fantastic. And a big thank you for your time today, Pip. We'll talk. You're very welcome. Thank you. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now. (laughs) 